0: turn your brain off turn that switch off and bring it back to your body to a really deep immersion in turning your thinking observing critical self-monitoring brain off and just focus on the wonderful sensations that your body is capable of
1: Hello, hello, everyone. This is Sasha, your host of the BBXX podcast. So I wanted to introduce a bit of a new series of interviews we're doing. While the coronavirus pandemic has presented us with an infinite number of obstacles, it's also presented us with an opportunity. And while we can't go outside we are being invited to look inwards instead, to connect, to reflect, to learn more about ourselves, and to recognize how much our relationships matter more than anything else. And I think that is probably one of the most beneficial lessons that we can learn from all of this. And so as we're faced with this obstacle and this opportunity, we've decided to launch a series of Instagram live interviews to help us stay connected to you, connected while we're at home, and while we're all having this fascinating global shared experience. We're launching this series first, but we're also planning some other exciting content releases from Short format audio to more casual discussions, as well as some IGTV videos. So be sure to tune in on your preferred platform, or how about just all of them? So stay tuned for announcements on the BBXX podcast and stay tuned on our Instagram at bbxx.world. And if you don't already, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter where every week we send out tons of amazing content recommendations, the show notes for all of our interviews, a Q&A article, and lots more. We are going to be chatting with Lori Mintz, one of our fave experts who has been featured on the BBXX podcast, who was on episode three We talked to her in our episode, Let's Get Cliterate, and she is the author of books on cliteracy, female pleasure, and today we're going to be talking with her about mindfulness. What mindfulness is, both in walks of everyday life, how you can channel mindfulness How you can be more mindful, whether it's on a walk, doing work, in a conversation, and then how mindfulness can serve us as a really important tool in our sexual relationships, in our romantic relationships, and how mindfulness, particularly today, going through everything with COVID-19, can serve as a really amazing tool to help us kind of manage anxiety, manage stress, and all other things.
0: Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you and everyone.
1: (laughs) Yay. Well, thanks so much for joining us. So to start out, I think I would love for you to just explain to our listeners your definition, I guess the general definition of mindfulness, but then I'd love to hear kind of your personal definition and the ways that you kind of tie it into, or perhaps use it in a different way uh in everyday life
0: okay that i would love to talk about that mindfulness and sex are two of my favorite topics so combining them together perfect all the better and we all need some mindfulness right now with all that's going on as you said so mindfulness is really pretty simple to define but it's really hard to achieve but it is simply the state of having your mind and your body in the same space, in the same place. So many times our mind and our body are in two different places in life and in sex. We can be in the middle of talking with a friend. I'm sure most of us have had this experience and all of a sudden we realize we have not an idea what they just said because we just tuned out and went away our minds left our body it went to something in our past we're upset about something in our future we're worried about something we have to do it happens to all of us but mindfulness is simply the state of being fully present your mind and your body are in the same place in time has anybody out there ever ridden a roller coaster whether you like them or you hate them a lot of times you get strapped in and your minds at least mine, is all over the place. Why am I doing this? I hope this thing is. It's like, break. can
1: I actually slip <laughs> out of this? How many times has that happened to people before I know, you know, what are the chances we'll get stuck here? Exactly. But then once you're on it, you kind of forget about that.
0: Right. Well, what happens exactly. Like, I'm always like, check this buckle. <laughs> check it again. Am I strapped in? My mind is all over the place. And I'm going up and up and I'm thinking, what if it breaks? What if I fall off? Why am I doing this? My mind and my body are not in the same place. But as soon as you start going downhill, you can't think at all. You are just feeling. And that total absorption in the moment, not thinking, that is mindfulness. Just
1: being in the place where you are. I'm just thinking to of. Have- that feeling where your stomach kind of goes up in your chest, that's so uncomfortable, but you kind of love it. But it's really just being in your body so much more than being in your head once you get going down that hill. And I think it's kind of a funny and also like a bold goal to try and think of how are the ways that we can kind of live in controlled freefall a bit more in terms of, not holding on to so many things outside of that moment, be it physically, emotionally, mentally, and really just like let ourselves fall into, I think that sometimes uncomfortable space of total presence as roller coaster can be uncomfortable, but that really thrilling and fulfilling space, you know, if, if you commit to it. So I love that definition. And then from there, I'd love to hear how you would recommend that our listeners... Take that into an everyday context and how to help them recognize when they're feeling it, when they're not, and what examples of moments you would give that people might be able to practice it in. Absolutely.
0: And I think it's super important to get to learn mindfulness in your daily life. It helps with stress management. It's definitely helps with orgasms.
1: But the first thing to do is... And orgasms to... help with stress management. Right. <laughs> See, it's all connected. <laughs>
0: and But the first thing is to get it practiced in your daily life. And a lot of people think, oh, my, I can't learn that. I have to sit and meditate for 45 minutes to do that. It's not true. I mean, yes, meditation helps. Yoga helps a lot. But... You don't need to do those things to master mindfulness. Any moment can be a mindful moment. And what it takes is picking a couple minutes. Start easy. Pick a moment like brushing your teeth mm-hmm. and, and really just take the time that you're brushing your teeth to really focus in on the sensations of the toothpaste, of the toothbrush, washing the dishes, the sensations of the suds. And the key to mindfulness that I really really love is it is not about staying completely in the moment because none of us can do that especially when we're anxious or worried about something but the real true practice is noticing when our mind wanders away and drawing it back so you might brush your teeth I don't even know what's the recommended amount
1: to brush one 2 minutes teeth.
0: Oh good see now we are talking about another important thing brush your teeth for two minutes so while you're brushing your teeth for those two minutes your mind may wander five ten fifteen times but the real key is that you start noticing oh there it goes again bring it back to the sensations that the real practice is in noticing and being able to come back do it when you're brushing your teeth do it when you're going to the bathroom, do it when you're washing your hands. We all should be washing our hands a lot. Yeah. It's a perfect
1: example. And I think that the sensations that you would get with the soap, the suds, the warm water, I think really focusing in on that physical touch aspect of it is a really good way to distract the mind. And it's also can be a pleasurable feeling. And so I think tapping into kind of how good does the water feel and really those kinds of things can also relate to later kind of the talks about how you can use mindfulness in a pleasurable context. But even I remember I have a lot of trouble sleeping and I even have trouble, you know, focusing on my breath and people use that as kind of an anchor. But somebody once told me instead to focus on my breath, but if it's, you know, on my hand or something to feel my breath on my skin Mm
0: -hmm. and gave it
1: a physical anchor instead of a mental anchor. And for me, that was really interesting. And I found it much more helpful to kind of bring it into the physical world and not just have it up here. So I don't know for other people, perhaps that could also be helpful. I think
0: that's fantastic. I mean, because we do hear use your breath to bring you back to the moment and that works a lot but i think it's not the only thing that works and i love that that you can really like yeah, feel it. yeah yeah and that's like a lot of times when i take a walk i practice mindfulness too even if it's just 3 steps till my mind goes all over the place and then i bring it back i feel my feet on the ground and how they push and You know, I can hear things. It's really, it's intensifying all of your senses. And that's what you're talking about. And it's amazing the more you practice. Actually, I took a shower before this, which is, I must say, about the first time in the quarantine I have. So this is good. But I was thinking about what we were going to talk about.
1: Brush your teeth for two (laughs) minutes and shower every two days.
0: Right. And I was like, oh, I know we're going to talk about mindfulness. And I really tried in the shower. Like to feel the water, to focus on the warmth, you know, all those sensations. And my mind did go completely blank, except for what I was feeling in the shower. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it takes a lot of practice. It's not easy, but it's really, really worth it. And the research is so clear about how learning mindfulness helps with stress, with pain with orgasms, I mean, it, with depression, with, it's, it's so, so
1: powerful. It's hard to learn, but it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, one, I'd love to just quickly ask you as a piece of actionable advice when, you know, your mind does inevitably go into other thoughts, other things. For example, when you're on that walk, I guess I'm imagining you're focusing on you know, what does the ground feel like under your feet? How are kind of your joints and muscles working together? We're talking about mindful walking. I guess I'm imagining those science, you know, models that you watch and kind of feeling the movement and all of that. But then when you find you're all of a sudden thinking about, you know, this IG live stream you have later and and what are you going to set your phone up on? And do you even know where your headphones are?
0: How do you, how do you bring it back? Were you in my mind during my walk this morning? <laughs> I, I think you were. <laughs> You're <doing>
1: Mindfully <laughs> stalking your mind.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, what I do that works for me is I do when I have a deep, take a very deep breath and I really focus on the feeling. It's not just breathing. I really focus on the air going in my nose and how that feels, and then breathing it out, how that goes, and I do that until I'm kind of back in the moment again. That's what works for me, but other people can find something else. You know, some people have a mantra instead that they say to themselves, like, now, um, now is all I have, or be in the now, or I would suggest people just practice and figure out what works for them or a variety of things and don't ever think that you are failing if your mind wanders because it it will it will and like you said inevitable but the key is learning to notice it and then bring it back and the more you practice the quicker you notice it and the faster you bring it back
1: I'd love if anybody listening either now or later has mantras that they found work for them. I'd, I'd love to hear more about that. So you mentioned the shower and I loved that as an example of that's kind of, I liked washing your hands. I love the idea of mindful showering. And I think it's also a very cool opportunity to, take this into how you can use mindfulness in your romantic relationships because I see the shower is being sensual sensational in terms of like your senses place and it can be sensual but it doesn't have to be sexual at all and so it also feels like this intimate place but that could also be totally outside the context of sex. You know, you hang out in your bed, sometimes you have sex, sometimes you cuddle, sometimes you're reading separately or, you know, watching a movie. The bed is this space that holds so many different dynamic relationships with the person who sleeps in it and a couple who might share it. And so I think the shower presents also this very cool, free, fun, space that could be a no pressure intermediary in which to practice mindfulness, be it in a platonic or sensual way.
0: Absolutely. And I'm not sure if you're talking about practicing it with yourself or take a shower with your
1: partner. (laughs) Yeah, I think both. But when I was thinking of, as we were to segue into how you discuss mindfulness, I guess for, for sex, be it probably masturbation or casual dating or, you know, with, with a long-term partner. I also saw it as a place to practice mindfulness with another person.
0: Absolutely. So the first thing is what we talked about, do it with yourself. I mean, it's always, it's always with yourself. It's always about being present fully in your own sensations, in your own body. But when you're talking about it with another person, you're talking about really giving, the experience of being with that person, your complete and full attention, to really be truly, truly there, truly present. And that can mean during a conversation, big mindfulness, hint: put your phone in the other room because there's been really interesting research, even a phone face down on a table between two people it distracts the attention what's happening there should i pick it up or not
1: or even if you manage to get in the moment and be distracted in the sense of actually being present then maybe you go to pick up your fork and it's next to your phone and all of a sudden that you know stimulus is there that reminder is is there and so you go to pick up your fork and you were totally into what they're saying but when you see your phone It's kind of this domino effect of other triggers, which pulls you out of that moment versus if that phone was out of sight, literally out of mind, exactly, you wouldn't be giving yourself those same opportunities to be pulled away from a conversation. And so I feel very strongly about that and would love to just really encourage people to mindfully practice.
0: And, you know, I mean, a lot of us can get, I mean, it's a whole nother topic, how addicted we can get to our phones, right? And, you know, it's like intermittent reinforcement, nine dings out of 10, it's not that good. But the 10th one, you know, keeps us coming back for more. It means our minds and bodies are not in the same place, especially if we're with another person. I mean, if you're playing on your phone by yourself, do it mindfully. But when another person is in the room, this is a real time to practice mindfulness in really looking at your friend or your partner looking at them watch listening hanging on to every word like it's really important to listen mindfully mm-hmm. instead and a lot of times we don't do that either we are we stop listening to someone because we're thinking i wonder what I should say in response to that and you know then we miss the next thing they're saying which would have elicited a ver- more natural response so Mindfulness can affect everything, including these conversations. But then to get back to the sexual piece, mindfulness is really sex's best friend because to have an orgasm requires it's kind of ironic, right? To have an orgasm by yourself or with a person, another person, it requires a complete internal focus, a complete comfort a complete immersion in your body sensations. And a piece of research that I find so compelling is that right before orgasms, the part of your conscious brain responsible for thinking turns off, which is the same brain state you get when you're mindful, mm-hmm. when you're deep in meditation. So you can really see how turning your brain off, because you can't have an orgasm if you're thinking, I wonder if I'm taking too long. I wonder what they think of me. I wonder how I look. You're not going to do that. That's where your mind and your body are separate. And you bring it back to the body sensations. And that is, that's why mindfulness and sex really, really, really go together.
1: Yeah, I love that idea of kind of priming your brain for, Success or success, (laughs) success in sex, you know, priming yourself through mindfulness to, to kind of shortcut and open that door to that space sooner. And so would you have any specific actionable pieces of advice within the context of sex absolutely so well first of all you're already practicing it
0: in your daily life in your showers while you're washing your hands brushing your teeth and walking so you're used to being aware of when it your mind leaves and how to bring it back and it's the same thing in the bedroom except you might want to have different cues to bring yourself back i mean i'll self-disclose a little i i love the way that my husband smells so when my mind wanders If I take a deep whiff of his neck, that can bring me back to the moment. See, it's a sense focus, right? It's I have a client who really struggles with mindfulness during sex and she developed this mantra that works for her. I tried it once, it wouldn't work for me. So you have to do your own thing, but she says, bed, not head. And that kind of reminds her, okay, get my head out of the game, get back into the sensations. Mm -hmm. Another client I have talked, when we talked about how this could help her, she came back and she said when her mind would wander, she would really focus with all her intensity on sort of one place where her partner was touching her. Like, and just really focus all the sensation, like what's the temperature like? What's the pressure like? And just really, again bring it back to the moment. So you're going to have to experiment because everybody's cues are going to be just a little different, but the underlying principle is the same. Turn your brain off, turn that switch off and bring it back to your body to a really deep immersion in turning your thinking, observing, critical, self-monitoring brain off and just Focus on the wonderful sensations
1: that your body is capable of. I think that also how I mentioned before with kind of sleeping and the breath, you can focus on things you're thinking, but especially in sex, it's this cool opportunity to bring it into the physical focus. And, you know, you said smells or how somebody's skin feels or your friend who focuses on where they're touching you. And I'm sure for some people, perhaps focusing on their own body and how it's being touched might help, but perhaps for other people, maybe focusing on how they're touching the other person and taking the focus away from even themselves could help. And so focusing on, you know, how you're maybe like looking at somebody's arm and the way you're stroking them or whatever part the way you're kissing them and your lips something like that to even take it away from your own personal distractions and I think as well it's just such a cool opportunity with all the different sensations from you know smell to touch to sound but I think that Also, perhaps for some people, talking could help. Maybe you're practicing this with your partner consciously. You guys are both interested in practicing mindfulness during sex. And I think that talking about what's happening, describing the way you're being touched or the way you're touching your partner, how it's turning you on, is kind of a fun opportunity. One that just is extremely stimulating to be talking about stuff like that. But I think, again, that also having it spoken the same way with the touch can kind of be an extra way to take it out of your mind. Because when you're thinking things, it's so easy. You can think 20 things at once. You're like, yeah, but I'm focused on the way I'm touching them or the way they're touching me. When there's a million thoughts sneaking in versus if you're saying it out loud and you're focusing on the words, like what I'm doing right now and slowing down, I really don't have as much space. For those thoughts to kind of break through as much
0: yeah that's brilliant and it reminds me of two both things you said remind me of like two one is a clinical thing that us people who work with clients over sex and then the talking thing there's something in sex therapy called sensate focus and without getting into the weeds on it Mm -hmm. what it is is it's this touching exercise that you therapists like me would instruct couples to do at home And what you're talking about, really, they take turns touching each other, basically. And it can be, you know, touching your partner's face. You know, it's a gradual thing to get into sexual things. But exactly what you're saying, you take turns being the giver and the receiver. And in both instances, the instructions are to fully, fully focus on the sensations. So what you talked about, you know, that it might help some people not to focus on their own sensations, but how it feels to touch someone else, the temperature of their skin, the texture of their skin, that goes right along with this exercise, which is based in mindfulness. So that Mm -hmm. is great. And in terms of the talking thing, I think if the sexual communication is so powerful, and I wish I'd come up with this. I didn't. One of my clients did. Um, and I, I said, can I use that in my book? And she's like, yeah, but just don't say my name. And she said, communication is the bedrock to make your bed rock. And, and I love that. I just kind love of that. the week. <laughs> but what you're talking about is kind of that dual focus. Right? You're talking about getting out of the thoughts in your head by verbalizing and At the same time, having sexual communication, you know, mindful sexual communication. So I think those are fantastic points for people to try to make this all more actionable. And again, everybody's different. So for some people, they're saying it might be like, oh, no, that doesn't work because it makes me feel more self-monitoring. Whereas Mm -hmm. for other people, that'll be just the ticket they need to be fully present. right? just keep trying it. And honestly, I think there's some, I mean, I'm going to give a plug to yoga. There's really good evidence that people who practice yoga have more orgasms, better sexual satisfaction. It's not about the flexibility you get in yoga, you know, or anything else that you can think. It's because yoga teaches you mindfulness. Yoga teaches you how it feels to be fully present in your body and that is why the
1: connection so perfect and would you recommend any books I mean your book which you can talk a bit more about but any other books for example about the sensate focus methodology that might help people expand on mindfulness for sex mindfulness in general but also other related areas such as sensei or yoga.
0: Yeah. So actually there's a book by Lori Brado. It's really written for therapists, but it's terrific for anybody in mindfulness is in the title. It's all about mindful sex. I don't okay. know anything that's written, not written for therapists about sensei focus, but Lori Brado's book, I cover mindfulness a little bit in both of my books, um, but hers is completely about it. And I love that. And then I personally like two apps. I like Headspace and Insight Timer. And with both of those, you can like practice. They have like one minute mindfulness things Mm -hmm. or two minute. You can set the timer. There's also a book called 10% Happier that's about mindfulness that's really helpful. So there's some great, great, great resources out there. And This is a great time to learn mindfulness because, you know, many of us are at home and this is a great time to learn a new skill, be that mindfulness or orgasm
1: or, hey, both. Yeah. 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 And so I think, as you mentioned, particularly in this time and as we get ready to wrap up, I'd love to kind of just hear how you recommend people use this particularly now to manage stress or I think particularly stress surrounding sex or relationships in general, either if, you know, you're separated from your partner and can't see them, or if you are the opposite and, you know, claustrophobically trapped with your partner, you know, in a studio or, or one bedroom or something, and, and perhaps just need other ways to connect or to disconnect and and take space.
0: Yeah. And there's so many great things out there right now about ways to manage what we're all going through collectively, whether that's too much separation, too much togetherness, anxiety. And I mean, there's been some great articles out there, but in terms of applying mindfulness to it, Maya Angela was the one who said, you can't control the circumstances, so you can only control your attitude. Although she, mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact quote, but she said it much more beautifully than that. But the bottom line is, we can get very anxious right now. And I know I have gone there myself. <laughs> We're in a worldwide, global anxiety provoking situation, but yeah. the, the only thing we can control is our attitudes. And I would suggest that the attitude of the now, this is the only moment we have this one right in front of us right now. And if we can focus on that being our present and being fully absorbed in it, and that even it means if you feel sad, if you feel scared, it's okay to allow yourself to feel those feelings because a lot of times what keeps us stuck in them is trying to push them away, Mm -hmm. right? But if we actually let ourselves feel those things and absorb how we're feeling, they will dissipate a little bit better sometimes. So I would just really say this is the, the, what you have is the now, what you have is your attitude and adopt a mindfully present fully present with yourself, with the people around you attitude, because the anxiety that gets between you and yourself and you and other people is not healthy. It's much more healthy to be in the now.
1: Yeah. And I think it's presenting us with a really interesting opportunity to connect. There is so much noise and stress and anxiety surrounding COVID-19, but A lot of the other small stressors and anxiety of the errands we need to run and the traffic and the crowded buses walking down the street, all that stimulus is gone. So if we can manage to acknowledge the stress anxiety we're feeling, but use that acknowledgement to help dissipate it a bit, we're actually left with a bit more of a calm in terms of having less noise that i think can allow us to focus on the few things we do have left you know at home talking to friends family being creative starting new projects to really channel into those bigger more important things that this situation is giving us an opportunity to lean into more and so to use this more quiet Mm -hmm. time to turn up the volume on those other things.
0: Absolutely. And it reminds me of something, it's a slightly off topic, but it's really helpful, I think. So I'd love to share it with everyone. It's a technique that I recommend a lot to clients, especially couples, if they have a joint stressor and it takes over their life, it's all they talk about. And sometimes the idea of containing the anxiety. So if you have a joint stressor, whether it's the pandemic or something else, then you don't want it to take over your life to actually agree with the people you live with. Like we are going to talk about this and we're going to give it our full attention and share everything we learned in the news today, but we're only going to do it over dinner or we're only going to do it after dinner. And what really helps with If you have like an invasive thought, you read something. I got to run and tell my partner or my friend or my roommate. But you catch them at a time where they weren't really thinking about it. And that wasn't very welcome. Yeah. You write it down for that scheduled time. And that helps you then get back into the mindfulness of whatever you're doing at that moment. So kind of trying to contain anxiety between people who have shared anxiety can be really helpful and can also help with this mindfulness piece that we're talking about.
1: I think that's extremely important to acknowledge. And in that sense, you know, after talking about it, either it gives you some space or even leading up to it when you know you're going to focus on it later allows you to kind of be able to put it in the back of your mind in the present moment. And just to stress again that, how it's not fair to, you know, maybe you're feeling extremely anxious in this moment, but to then bring it up, especially if it's on a consistent basis when the other person isn't expecting it, you know, maybe it's right before they have a really important phone call, or maybe they just got out of a meditation session and they were feeling really great. And then all of a sudden you just kind of rain on their parade. Somebody once gave the metaphor of when you come home from work, you, you never know what bubble you're walking into, what mindset the other person's in, you know? So if you come home and you're really jazzed about how great your day is, if you just go full into that, maybe you walked in and this person, you know, your partner or friend or family member just had a really, really terrible day. They're not going to be able to share that same space, but maybe if you take time to figure out where they are, kind of measure, and help them process what they're going through, you can get them to a place where then you're able to share more on, on your level. But if you can't just assume people are walking around in their bubbles in the exact same experience that, that you're having. So it's really important to take that into consideration, to you know make the effort to find out where other people are coming from, where they're at in that moment. Absolutely, yes. Be mindful with
0: yourself, be mindful together. Be mindful in the shower alone, be mindful in the bed with your partner. It's it really, truly will help. It is I mean it's not gonna solve everything, but it sure will make your daily life much, much better and your sex life much better.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well we'd love to hear for everybody listening in, we'd love to hear your stories of how it went practicing mindfulness, washing your hands in the shower, whether it's alone with a partner, uh, how you've used mindfulness for sex or how it went trying out the different ways from thinking to, to other sensations of smell or touch to using dialogue and perhaps trying out, especially in this time, designating time and space to process stress and anxiety, either alone and maybe you just free write all the things I'm anxious about. But you know, it's only for those 20 minutes or maybe an hour or something. And perhaps to practice that with another person as well. Excellent. Excellent advice. Well, thanks so much for joining us and thanks for everybody who tuned in. It was so great to hear from all of you guys and to hear this particularly pertinent advice right now. And so we look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: Thanks for having me on the live. Okay, yay. Let's do it again
1: soon. Definitely. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in and be sure to follow us on Instagram at bbxx.world for exciting updates and even more fantastic content. And if you have any questions, comments or suggestions, shoot us a text at 1-415-888-4742, or shoot us an audio, which we love, at that same number on WhatsApp. I'm your host, Sasha Laurie, and remember, I'm always here, learning a ton myself, right along with you.